Hi, everyone. So this is the first time in Acastasis history that we're recording a live conversation with one of our international consultants on the ground, just to give you a little insight into what we do and how we do it. So now you have the chance to get to know some exciting details about our everyday work on the field, from the hardest to the most beloved moments of the job. My name is Melinda. I'm working in the HR team. And now let me introduce you Kirobel, who is now working in the Ethiopia team. So Kirobel, thank you so much for your time. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about how your journey started at Akasus? And in general, you know, like what made you move from Australia all the way to Africa? Hi, Melinda. Um, I'm also excited to be joining uh, Akasus' first podcast. Um, so my name is Kirbel, as you said, I'm 27 years old. I work as a senior associate as part of the ACASIS team in Ethiopia. Um, and your question is a great question because so many people ask me, like, why would you move halfway across the world from Australia all the way to Africa? You know, it's an uncomfortable move. But to put it short, I guess Africa has always been in my heart and there's this profound connection between us. Um, being half Ethiopian and half Eritrean, and raised by immigrants in Australia, I've always absorbed the culture of the two sisterly countries quite a lot growing up. Um, with countless visits back to the motherland, subconsciously, I guess my upbringing grew my interest into one day working in Africa. Um, and that's like, you know, reflecting back on my life, I think just the older I grew, the desire to one day come back and work in Africa and live here just kept on strengthening. And, you know, I, I believe Africa as a continent, Ethiopia as a country, has really great potential and it's really exciting to see where it's heading. And I just wanted to be a part of that. And it's actually also funny because, like, during my university studies um, and while I was completing my Master's of Public Health, I recall that for every subject, I would always ask the lecturer, like, can I do a, a customized topic that would revolve about writing about, uh, about Ethiopia? It could be about the epidemiological modeling of malaria or health policy paper on HIV AIDS, just anything you just have to relate back to Ethiopia. So after completing my Master's of Public Health, I went on a two-month trip to Ethiopia where I volunteered and sought to understand what it was like to work here. And I loved it. And upon returning to Australia, I, I remember just re, uh, re, uh, scouring the internet for public health jobs in Ethiopia and applying. I eventually stumbled upon a LinkedIn advert by ACASIS for consultants um, to help kickstart an immunization project in Ethiopia. Um, and my eyes lit up, you know, it just seemed like the perfect role working alongside the government, uh, doing field work, uh, work on immunization. It just was everything I wanted in life at the time. This may seem cheesy, but one of my favorite quotes uh, from the book, The Alchemist, it says that when you want something, the whole universe conspires in helping you achieve it. And I really believe it definitely did in my case. Um, and yeah, here I am today. Well, it's very great to hear that. And it's very exciting, I think, how everything got together just for you to be here. And we're definitely happy that you're on board with us. Um, and you mentioned your, your passion for Ethiopia. Like, I think everyone is at this point very excited to hear how did the project start even? Like, how many of you started the work in Ethiopia? Yeah, so uh, we started uh, around one and a half years ago. Um, and it's just a team of four of us working on the ground here. I remember at the beginning, I was the only guy, and it was those three girls. Um, but it was great, like just working with the team and learning, building our team skills was really good. The first couple of weeks was definitely hectic, to say the least. Uh, coming from a research background to consulting, everything just seemed so fast-paced. 
logical um, and on the go. It was overwhelming to begin with, but as time grew, I began to really love the quick thinking environment because the kind of person I am, I'm, and I'm always moving quick, thinking quick. Uh, so I think the environment definitely suited me. Sounds like that one, it was a good choice for you. But anyways, uh, because I know that you're not working in an office environment all the time, like what was it like working on the ground instead of a very typical office environment? Uh, I love it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I'm the kind of person who just can't sit in one place for a prolonged period of time. So the aspect of working on the ground and not sitting in a fancy office appeals to me a lot. Um, also, being in the field has assisted me greatly in understanding our work and problem solving. You know, sometimes sitting in a fancy office just writing documents, looking at data, you don't quite grasp the work to, the, to, the, to its fullest. But when you're on the ground, it really just shows the reality of what, you, what the data you're looking at or the report that you're writing. And it stimulates your mind as well to devise creative solutions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely uh, missing the field at the moment because of COVID-19. Obviously, we have restricted movement. So sadly, that's one thing I'm missing. And what happened before COVID? So what have you achieved so far? What are you currently working on? Like, what is the state of the project at the moment? Yeah, so... We are currently nearing the end of year two of the project and have expanded across all of Afar, Addis Ababa, and most parts of Oromia. Uh, for those of you who don't know, these are regions in Ethiopia. So Oromia is like the, the uh, largest re- region and the most populated region. Addis Ababa is the capital. And then Afar is sort of like a desert region. It's actually one of the smallest regions, but has the lowest coverage. So we're there on like equitable grounds and trying to help them Um, I believe we've really come upon leaps and bounds during the second year and seen great progress in terms of uh, supervision performance and ensuring vaccines are always available. Uh, this last point is really important because uh, what we were seeing in Ethiopia and why the coverage was so low was that mothers, you know, they would come with, the, they would travel for like 100 kilometers in the desert in the heat with their children on their back, you know, and to a health, a health facility. And they'll get to that health facility and there'll be no vaccines there. And this was really discouraging for them. And Uh, and we just thought this was not fair, you know, and we really worked hard in the beginning to make sure that every health facility always had the vaccines available so that if anybody came and visited it, they could give uh, that immunization. And mm. I think it's, we've made great progress in that to date, yeah. I may be biased here since I lead the work in Afar, but I believe it is the region that's improved the most in terms of EPI performance and accountability. Um, and how we've done this, uh, if you may ask, is like, by using data and coordinating regional staff with partners by monthly meetings. Um, and we've been, we've been able to ensure immunization sessions are always happening, that vaccines are always available. Well, that definitely sounds very challenging. And uh, also, if you had to just choose one of the biggest challenges that you had to face so far, what would it be? Could you share it with us? Definitely the first few months. Uh, <laughs> as a team, it was uh, very tough. Um, being into consulting and we were just, all of us were quite young we looked young so nobody would take us seriously at first but I guess our persistence and grit paid off in the end I remember there was a time where I would literally appear at the government office every week and sometimes wait for hours just because they didn't respond to my emails uh, but eventually they started to listen they realized you know we weren't going anywhere and we were dedicated to work um, and you know we showed how, how deeply we cared about the work too and you know they've now it's The, the, the roles of the reverse and thankfully now they're calling us on a regular basis so yeah 
Yeah, well, it's just amazing to hear how much you have achieved so far with being patient and having stamina and doing the work, even if uh, the whole situation was against you. Just to be a little more insightful about the everydays or, or every day that you spend on the ground, like how much of your time do you spend traveling and where do you work from? Yeah, so as sort of uh, described uh, before, we aim to visit the field every few weeks and spend a couple of days there to really understand what's happening. Um, I really believe you know, those few days that we spend every few weeks is where we get the most results out of our work. And I think it's why Akasi is very different compared to other organizations because we're willing to do the hard work and, you know, travel into the desert or into the forest and spend time in health facilities to understand what's really happening at that route, that route level, that last mile. Um, and when we're not on the ground, we work out of a wonderful co-working space in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Um, and it's a great place because there's other like-minded organizations here where we can share and bounce ideas off each other. Mm, that's so amazing to hear that instead of competing with each other, you can actually collaborate with the organizations who are doing the same job. Thanks for sharing that with us. And you also, uh, you mentioned the team quite some times now. So could you tell us a bit about who is responsible for what in the project team that you're working together with? Cool, yeah. So there's currently four of us in the country. So there's Helen, who serves as our project manager and is responsible for the Addis Ababa region. Uh, that's Sion and Harun, who work together to cover the large Oromia region, whilst uh, I look after the Afar region. And then we have Johnny who comes every six or so weeks. He's been supporting us from the very beginning and has been a great help in guiding and developing our skills. Mm, okay, thanks. Now, I think we have a very great picture about how a project team is set together. Um, and now that we have covered the current situation, let me just challenge you to ask, what are the, what are the goals that you're aiming to achieve or implement in the upcoming one, two years? We actually spoke about this as a team a couple of weeks ago. So we're definitely setting a challenge to scale up to the rest of Oromia um, over the next year, which will be challenging because uh, it's the largest region, it's the most heavily populated. There's currently conf conflict happening in some regions. Some regions are suffering from uh, poverty due to desert locusts. Other regions have a high number of internally displaced persons. So it will be a challenge, but we're definitely up to the task for that. Uh, alongside of that, we're shaking up like formal processes that have been around for years and introducing new initiatives um, is definitely on the agenda. So, for example, we are now looking into overhauling the way defaulters attract. Uh, so a defaulter is a mum, for example, with a child who comes for a Pentel vaccine for the first dose, but doesn't come for the second and third dose. And obviously, if she doesn't complete the full course of doses, the child won't be protected against pen, uh, against. Uh, that immunization. So we're trying to introduce new methods and innovative methods to reduce the prevalence of this. And then lastly, on a personal note, it would be uh, beginning the work in nutrition soon after, which would definitely be exciting and challenging um, mm. because, yeah, uh, COVID has affected that a lot, um, the desert locusts and the floods. Well, those sounds like uh, really great challenges to overcome, but I'm pretty sure that you will uh, you will achieve every goal that you have because you know you're working for a good cause and also you have the best team behind you. So uh, we're rooting for you in Ethiopia. And also, 
session. <laughs> and just to close our session, um, I would like love to ask you uh, more of a personal question on this note. So what do you love most about your work at Acasus? What what are the fondest memories that you have gained here at Acasus so far? Uh, great question. So definitely the great people, the constant challenges and the freedom given to be creative with the solutions and implement them in the field. Uh, I really believe great organizations allow the employees to think outside the box and live up to their full potential. And Acasus certainly does that. Um, so I'm really appreciative of that. I also love how innovative and forward-thinking Acasus is. Uh, the tech team is marvelous and constantly aiming to implement the newest technologies out there. Uh, this is really evident whenever we present our work as consultants to the government or even partners. They're just always surprised at how uh, world-class our work is and the technology we're using. You know, you see some partners that are using work, uh, using technology from like 10 years ago or like even 20 years ago and it's like so outdated and then you know, when people see our work, it's like, wow, you guys are like so young, but like so, you know, up to date, and <laughs> which is great. And um, so the back end support is amazing. And um, I really believe we would not have achieved anything without them today. With my fondest memories, that's a tough question as there's so many of them, but I'll give you two. So work-wise, probably the one that stands out to date was convincing a federal minister of health EPI manager to join us on a field trip really early on um, in our work. Um, it was such a great experience having him there because he was able to motivate and encourage the bureau workers there and see firsthand the work that we're doing, you know, and it really helped us improve our performance, I believe. And then also on a side note, I, get, I got to spend time with him on a personal level and develop and grow our personal relationship, uh, both professionally and personally. And then team-wise, um, I guess if you ask our team members, they'd probably say that I'm a prankster, so uh, it would definitely have to be the number of pranks that we're doing each other, but I won't go into detail on that. I'll explain that maybe another day. <laughs> okay, thank you. I might just get back to you for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, well, thank you so much, Kirobo, for all the exciting insights that you've shared with us. I feel like it was a very fruitful conversation about our everyday work on the ground. I have also learned a lot of new things about what you do, which was pretty exciting, to be honest, and pretty amazing. For the audience, just uh, a little bit of an info. So we'll be live again on the last week of June with another very exciting topic about us. And uh, also, if you have any questions about this session or towards Kirobel or towards us, just feel free to leave them in the comment section and we'll be happy to answer you. And again, remember, let's meet again at the end of June. And until then, feel free to follow us on LinkedIn, on Facebook. We also have an Instagram channel. And then uh, also be on the lookout for our website for additional details about us. Thank you so much again, Kirobal, for your time. And uh, hope to see you soon. No worries, Melinda. It was great talking to you. And hopefully you, you can come visit us soon and we'll welcome you with open arms.